0: Hey everyone, just a heads up that in this episode we're going to be talking about and hearing sounds of war and its casualties. As always, I think you will want to meet our specialists, and I really hope you'll listen. But if you're not up for that right now, you might want to wait on this one. Okay? Okay. okay. Help! 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 Picture crumbling concrete, barbed wire, the edges of what looks like a war zone. About 20 people are walking around caked in blood. Gashes and cuts on their faces, arms, and legs. Help! Screams
1: piped in through loudspeakers hang in the air. Medics and soldiers rush around
0: trying to help the wounded.
2: Help! Help! You can walk. Get this way.
0: It's a scene of utter chaos, but Rose Burgos knows exactly what to do.
3: Do you guys have any wounds that need to be touched up, or are you guys good? Can I get you a little fresh blood on your ear?
0: I'm Casey Miner, and this is The Specialist. So you might have figured out this war zone isn't really real. Well, you told me that, but those screams we're hearing are real unnerving, so let's explain. Okay. But first, who are you? I'm Sandhya Dirks. And where are we? This is Urban Shield. It's an annual police and military
1: training exercise in the San Francisco Bay Area. The idea is to teach first responders how to do their work well in the worst scenarios imaginable. War, terrorist bombings, natural disasters. I've reported on it for a few years, and usually I'm focused on the newsy parts. But I've always noticed these other non-uniformed people, and they're the ones who make it all come to life. Okay, so let's set the scene a bit. Sure. So first, picture just a normal street lined with trees and homes. Then you turn down a long gravel driveway and find yourself in an open space on the side of the train tracks, dotted with crumbling buildings and a few rusted cars. Normally, this is where fire department practices happen for fire drills. Now, imagine hundreds of people coming in and out all day. Lots of uniforms, army, police, SWAT teams, military first responders, and extras. People who arrive to play the wounded and dead. And then, there's Rose.
3: Is that a bowel in your belly, or are you just happy to see me? Exactly.
1: <laughs> Rose is our specialist. Well, one of them. We'll meet her partner in a minute. Rose is a moulage artist, a makeup artist for disasters. Without her, these training scenarios couldn't really happen. In the situation she's simulating, people get badly hurt. So Rose creates terrible injuries and makes them look real. From applying fake gunshot wounds with patches to slapping homemade blood on a severed limb to making sure an arterial wound really gushes, she's guaranteeing the first responders as real an experience as possible.
3: It's definitely more active, definitely puts the pressure on them when the bombs are going off and people are screaming and you got your amputees with no leg and he's pulling on you, and so that's kind of a shock thing for them. So type two over here, your Boko right here, mass casualty over here. If you have wounds already, so they can just come and start picking you guys up, okay?
1: Every hour for the next two days, Rose will be making and touching up injuries for two scenarios. A recreation of a hostage situation involving the terrorist group Boko Haram, and a bomb that's exploded in a crowded street, which she refers to as a mass casualty, or a mass cash. It's a sort of terrible Groundhog's Day. Her day starts early at about 3.30 a.m. Rose and her team have set up a kind of moulage mission control in a small one-room hut at the entrance. First, it's set up. Rose lays out her makeup kit, mostly a palette of flesh tones from ivory to beige to dark brown. She mixes blood in red solo cups and lays out severed limbs and fake shrapnel. So what's the blood made of? Well, I tried to find this out, but she absolutely would not tell me. I can't tell you our secret recipe.
3: There's a hundred ways to make blood.
1: (laughs) Here's what I have figured out. When in doubt, dilute, dilute, dilute. And then add coffee grounds. It makes the blood stick together. It makes it look gritty and matted and disgustingly real.
2: Yeah. and, and they were really pretty-
1: around 4 30 a.m volunteers start to roll in bleary-eyed and rose and her team get working they have about 40 minutes to make almost 70 people look really really unwell
2: and here i am with this mangled hand with metal shrapnel sticking out of it and
1: on a giant whiteboard, she's written a list of wounds: contusions to head, to left chest, pelvic area, shrapnel to forearm, lower leg.
3: And you've got the bowel shirt on. I'm just trying to make sure I keep it's a these promises. fabulous shirt good. I'm glad you're enjoying it's very it. Popular. Let's get you a little juicy. It's very popular
0: today.
1: <laughs> After finishing the bowel shirt, she glues a pre-painted mold of a flesh wound onto a middle-aged woman's arm, using makeup to blend the fake gash into her real skin.
3: I like my blood to be a specific way because I kind of like it to stick to the wounds but not completely disguise the wound.
1: Next, she dips a thick bristle brush into the red Solo cup of blood and starts to sort of dribble it all over the whole thing, sort of Jackson Pollock style.
3: I like the wound to still be exposed and show and the blood around it is great.
1: This is strange to say, but these pre-painted gashes are beautiful. They're made from three-dimensional molds, so the broken skin bunches up. Some of them have a piece of bone protruding. Rose paints these in her studio, long before she even gets here. Each gash takes a couple of hours to create. It's almost sad to see her bury that delicate artistry under a tsunami of blood.
3: If I have the time, I'm going to... I'm gonna put down some real nice flat edges, and I'm gonna just accentuate it with blood, as opposed to dousing it with blood.
1: Today, there's no time. Volunteers come in, wounds get slapped on, blood flies across skin, one victim after another, in and out. It's a bloody assembly line. Yeah, I got everything right here. Put so it. Put it over by that garbage
3: can, straight ahead. So if somebody's coming, okay, it's gonna be over there. You can just tell them to grab it. Oh go. There yeah, we
2: go.
1: And then they have to get all the walking wounded down to the actual scene of the crime.
2: OK, so we're going to go straight back here. Mm-hmm. You can walk around this side of the building. Okay.
1: This and is where they get handed off to Kat Jordan. She's also a moulage artist, Rose's colleague, and good friend.
2: Yeah, this gets real sticky. This one? This blood gets sticky.
1: While Rose holds down mission control, Kat will be doing touch-ups down on the ground. She says out here, there's a name for her and Rose that, well,
0: sticks.
2: Yeah, there's the blood girl.
0: No, they are not called blood girls.
1: Oh, yes. Full disclosure, I also heard her called a bloody god.
0: Which is also amazing.
3: So bomber, blister leg, right hand, shoulder, foot. Okay. Oh, I have hand on here twice. Okay. That's my bad.
1: 8 a.m. at Moulage Mission Control. It's been four and a half hours, and things are well underway. One SWAT team is rappelling off a fire tower, carrying a dummy. Another swiftly climbs stairs, entering a building where fake terrorists are hiding. Ambulances idle, waiting for their turn. Volunteers wail, and walking through, you have to step over faux-severed limbs that are scattered across the ground. Rose is less worried about tripping over the limbs than about keeping track of them. Sometimes they go missing. It's easy to lose a handout here.
3: Well, I've caught military men putting things in their bags, too. Are you serious? Well, haven't caught them, but can't find it. And then all of a sudden be like, oh, here it is. Someone must have put it in a bag. It's like, why would you put it in a bag?
1: So yes, moulage work is also about dealing with people who aren't totally in the zone. In this case, the war zone. Sometimes volunteers stop by mission control with peculiar requests, like this woman who pops in with a bloody cut on her upper arm.
3: How you doing? Do you need a touch up? No, I don't need a touch up. Um, who's, who do I talk to about assignments? I just want to. What are you have looking for? A different experience. Oh, okay.
0: Did you catch that? She's already bored. Right, a different experience. Like, I'm over this arm wound. Now I'd like to lose a leg, please.
1: Pretty much.
3: So you get people who are very excited and just want (laughs) to get dirty and play and they're not really paying attention to the fact that they've been assigned a specific thing for a reason.
1: That reason is what Rose gets the most passionate about. The people they are doing this for are the first responders. Their ultimate goal is training. For example, a gunshot wound in the wrong place could make EMTs declare someone dead, when really the injury is designed to teach them how to stop the bleeding.
3: So you've got to do the anatomy research. The medical research is definitely critical. Um, Because even simple things like just bruising can be just as significant as like an inviscerated bowel.
1: These aren't just wounds. They're lessons. Interpret the science right and you've saved someone. Interpret them wrong and lights out. But to interpret, you need a translator. And that's what Rose and Kat do. They translate the need for help and care through blood and gore and guts.
3: You know, you do it for so long, you're not looking at it like, oh, how terrible that is. You're looking at it more from a creative aspect, like, how do I recreate that, you know, aesthetically? How how color scheme, placement, all things like that. You start looking at it in a different way.
1: 10 a.m., Moulage Mission Control. After more than six hours of work already, it's time for Rose to check on Kat.
3: Okay, so she just wanted blood and breakfast.
1: We hop onto a golf cart to go down to the scene of the fake bombing, where Kat is holding court.
3: Everybody on? Yep. Can you hold this? I'm going to bring that for her to eat.
1: We're bringing eggs and pancakes and a thermos full of hot water, which is not for coffee. Wait, wait, let me guess. It's for blood. Yep. Oh, the sound of fresh blood in the afternoon. <laughs> Kat started out doing a different kind of recreating real life, stage and set design for the theater.
2: But she says she found it a bit precious. This is so much different because we get to help people learn how to save people's lives. And that's a pretty weird and cool way to use art.
1: A lot of people who are moulage artists start like Kat on the showbiz side. Theater or movies, zombie stuff, Freddy Krueger stuff. And a lot of them still want to do that. For them, the disaster training is just a paycheck. But not Rose. She has no desire to go Hollywood. She went to beauty school, and her neighbor happened to manage the moulage department where she now works. When he found out that she had just gotten her cosmetology license, he basically leaned over the fence and said, hey, come work for me. That was five years ago. Now these kinds of training scenarios are her full-time job. She sticks with it because it's near another world she really cares about criminal justice. Rose was in juvie herself as a teen. She says her probation officer didn't stick up for her. Instead of getting help, she got painted as a bad kid. Rose knows that might be enough to turn someone against the system, but not her. Instead, she's driven by a desire to do it better. So she doesn't totally understand why Urban Shield is controversial. A lot of people see it as helping to militarize the police and promote a culture that leads to police brutality, especially against people of color. But Rose sees it as just the opposite.
3: I think that's exactly what the training is for, is for them to be immersed in that chaotic scene but still think about what they're doing and be aware and do it right and not just react. Like, I think that's what we're doing here.
1: Cat has also struggled with the meaning of the work they do.
2: At first when I first started this job I was a little conflicted because it was very I'd never been around the military before, I'd never been really around police before. I knew anything about it, but I knew that I didn't like war. And I don't want to support that. And then I saw what was actually going on is that war is gonna happen. People are in the military, but people go, and people with families, and people with children. And so what we get to do is teach them how to be safe, how to save people's lives, and how to come home safely. And I've had people come up to me that have been through training with us, that we aided on and said, you guys, if I hadn't have gone through this situation here, I don't think I would have come home. So, and I get emotional about it because it's really like, that's the cool part of the job for me is You think about all those people who don't get to come home. And if we can help with that, it's really, really important, I think.
1: The piped-in screams will keep going. But by mid-afternoon, it's time for shift change. It's been more than 12 hours for Cat and Rose. Time to clock out. Everyone trudges back up to Mulage Mission Control. The evening shift is here. And for the volunteer role players, too, it's time to take off the wounds.
3: All right, help yourself to baby wipes. All right. <laughs> it's a bloody mess. Are you ready to do it all again tomorrow? Of course. <laughs> ready every day.
0: Producer Sandia Dirks told us that story. Thank you, Sandia. It was my bloody pleasure. The Specialist is a show about work you don't think about and the people who do it. Our team includes editor Julie Kane and composer Seth Samuel, who writes all of our original music. Today's episode was mixed by Chris Hoff. Eliza Smith handles our social media. Ariel Dukovic helps us with strategy and engagement. Alex Goldmark helps us see the big picture. Our radio home is KALW 91.7 FM in San Francisco. As always, thanks to California Humanities, a nonprofit partner of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Find them at calhome.org. And thanks to you. We love hearing from you. Write us at specialistpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at the FM or read minor We also really love voice memos. Record yourself talking about how you're a specialist and we might feature you on the show. We have really done this. So I'm not kidding when I say we're going to do this. We actually do this. So you should send us a voice memo. You can always help out by writing an iTunes review, sharing your favorite episode, or donating at our website, specialistpodcast.com. It all helps keep us going. Thanks so much. We'll be back soon with more specialists.